Speaking of being old, I felt like I lost too much of this stage of my life watching He Chan lying on the ground. Like, I'm in the prime of my life, God. I can't be wasting it watching this fucking clown. And the, the, forearm, to, the forearm to his face didn't need three medical professionals around him. Yeah. Like, like, it, it would have it stung. It would have made his eyes water at worst. And, and But he's fucking intent on bringing tears to everyone else in the stadium's eyes as they lament the loss of their fucking finite life, watching him getting treated with sympathy. And I mean that was the actual diagnosis from the medical professionals, because there was nothing wrong with him. Tim Sherwood here, you're listening to the Villa Podcast. When Luca Dean tried to head a ball into the box from the wing in the 88th minute, I was sure what I wanted. Just take the draw and get the hell out of here. Wolves bring out the worst in Villa. And I don't think anybody seemed too happy about the 12 minutes added on. Have you ever heard a more underwhelming response from both sections when they added on 12 minutes? And then Wolves get a man sent off. And then it's like, oh, hang on. Let's... Let's keep this going. <laughs> Let's see what happens here. And then just when you add that feeling of the chances that came in the last 12 minutes with, I have to say, I was sort of a bit indifferent towards Wolves going into this match, really. And I know it was a derby and I always liked winning just, just for that sake, really. But I have to say, the, the scales have been tipped down to me really not liking Wolves and really not liking Gary O'Neill who came out after the game and said Aston Villa were quite passive. They spent a lot of time in a back six, so the nature and their equaliser was disappointing. I think we probably aged 11 v 11. They spent a lot of money on the squad, but we looked comfortable. (laughs) Does Gary O'Neill realise that he is only in this job because the previous manager couldn't spend any money because they spent too much money? (laughs) <laughs> do not sleep on how much money Wolves are spending after that we need to get into that I don't know who cares he played Man City last week this game was littered with Wolves players just coming into my radar remember we played Brighton famously and you first not, not that you first noticed but you first noticed what pricks Cucurella and Veltman were it was, I think your quote was, how did these two pricks stay off my radar for this long? Well, add a lot of Wolves players to my radar right now. I'd say you could add a lot of Villa players as well, though. I mean, Gary O'Neill, a weird comment to bring up the amount of money that was spent, fair enough. But, like, I mean, he's right. We did play with a back six. We did play really passively. And I, f- I feel like we've talked about Villa's impact on our weekends quite a bit recently. You know, the, the magic of winning the, the 12.30 kickoff, 6-1. The negative side of being in Europe, meaning we have these Sunday afternoon kickoffs hanging over us. <laughs> but I, I actually had a wee chat with myself on Friday, like almost certainly buoyed by McGinn's last-minute goal. I said to myself, fucking wise up. You're not in control of this game on Sunday. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> and look, I definitely wasn't helped by you on Thursday's pod shiting on about how shite we are against Wolves. And unfortunately, I do have to listen to the end of the podcast. But <laughs> I, I eventually <laughs> got you on this, that one, yeah. <laughs> I eventually got you out of my head, you know, went to a gig, had a few pints, even went for a Sunday roast before the match. None of it worked, though. Like, I was eating the food too rushed, too hectic. I gave myself fucking indigestion. But that might have just been the knot in my stomach or the fucking worm you dropped into me because because of that comment about us being so shite against Wolves just nagging away at me. And you were right. Wolves do bring out the worst in us because we fucking shit ourselves, literally emptied the fucking worst of ourselves all over Molyneux. We had fucking... We, we, we made Craig Dawson run around looking like Franco Baresi in his prime when normally he looks like Franco Baresi today. It was, <laughs> it was such a strange performance from the players. Really bad decisions about how they were about how they were going to how they were going to take a touch, you know, letting the ball run past them, trying to get their studs on the ball and drag it back when they needed to poke it away, poking it away when there was nobody near them. And yes, we had four huge chances between the 98th and 102nd minute. But if this Villa team is relying on this Wolves team going down to 10 men and waiting until the 10th minute of stoppage time <laughs> before asserting their dominance, something has gone wrong in the performance. The first 15 minutes were so good. It was very enjoyable. I was sitting back thinking, 
geez, if this game goes like this for the rest of the match, I'll be quite happy. <laughs> but obviously, obviously, we got nowhere near that. But I want to start with how it almost ended. I think it was just before the red card. It turns out Matt Doherty can look behind him and he can run backwards after somebody. But <laughs> we haven't we haven't seen any evidence of this with his international career. But it turns out when he does get back there, he'll just push somebody over. I mean, this was. This was clear as day. Like you can't just in any other sport, and I know the rules are different in other sports, but you can't just push someone as they're about to shoot. Like it's, it's a foul. It's it, it, it really did bring up. It's only a week old now, but all you can imagine was check and play, check and play. Good process, boys, and everybody moving <laughs> on. And this is off the back of I think it was just the start of the weekend. Mike Mike Dean arguing with Paul Merson and and like arrogantly scoffing at Paul Merson as well for thinking that they could go against the laws of the game. And, and he, actually, he actually revisited something that Paul Merson had said then earlier in that show on Sky Sports. I think it was called The Debate. And he, you know, he, Paul Merson had said, why didn't you just go against the laws of the game? And then Mike Dean brought it back up and it really wound Merson up. It's a good clip of it online. But, you know, this is Mike Dean who told us just three weeks ago that he broke the laws of the game because his mate was already having a shit game. So, so he made sure he had an even worse game by not helping him out. But like, and, and then he arrogantly tried to dismiss that as well. He tried to dismiss the noise around that because he already told the story before. This is my thing. The, the laws of the game cannot be touched. And like, once again, we're just seeing another example of, of this nonsense. Like, what, what are they looking at there when they see that? I, I have no doubt that if Watkins did that to Doherty as he's trying to smash it clear, it's a free out. There's absolutely no question about it. And I've seen, like you fucking referenced, I've seen Matt Doherty defend like this too often. Half-hearted, lazy, hoping he doesn't get punished. Saving his energy so he can do a little shimmy between his right foot and his left foot and go on another pointless underlap. <laughs> you, you cannot rely on Matt Doherty for anything. You can't even rely on Matt Doherty to concede a penalty, apparently. <laughs> and, and he defends so half-heartedly. I'm a little bit suspicious. I would be surprised if there was actually anything in that push because he certainly doesn't fucking push himself in a defensive sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, we'll go through the goals here anyway. First, the only Wolves goal, it starts with Douglas Ruiz giving the ball away again. And this is in hindsight, I had been texting you about Douglas Ruiz, just he's not on it. And look, I don't want people to think, I remember I said something about McGinn earlier in the season, McGinn was off it that day. It doesn't mean that, I, like, we, we've had this conversation for four seasons now on the Villa podcast. You know, when I'm saying Douglas Ruiz is off it today, I know Douglas Ruiz has been our best player this season. <laughs> But sometimes you can look at his individual performance today and the game is happening right in front of us in the game that we're talking about having no control over and seeing our centre midfielder getting the ball and decking around. I think you're referencing the heavy touches, the poking. Like, Louise was central to that, literally. Every time he had the ball, it felt like it was getting away. There was one stage, and I realised this was deep into the second half, that I just... I was so happy to see him retrieve a ball that had gotten away from him again. And I was just like, okay, just, just pass it out to Bay later. Okay, good. 
And I was like, this is Douglas Ruiz. Why, why do I want them to get his confidence back? Being able to play a five-meter pass to, to Leon Bailey. But he was Why awesome. do you want him to pass it to Leon Bailey? <laughs> and, and, and this one was worse because Matt Cash actually did so well to retain the ball. It sort of trickled out towards the sideline. It looked like it was going out of play. I think it was He Chan trying to just guide it out. And Cash just sort of ran around him, basically, and poked it back to Dougie Louise And so careless on the ball like he was all afternoon. And Wolves brick. And every time Wolves broke... All afternoon, they, they got a goal-scoring chance, it seemed. And you know, Pau Torres gets done for a pace by Neto. I'm not going to expect him to be faster in that situation. but <laughs> it, And then it's a bit unlucky because look at Dean fl- flings himself across and it deflects back into He-Chan, who has picked himself up off the ground with his little bloody nose and he's back up and running again. <laughs> like, we, we had watched him for five minutes on the ground because someone's arm hit his face. And I know what happened with McGinn as well. Don't like seeing that. McGinn at least wasn't down for five minutes. You know, he was just trying to get a free out from a corner. Like he chat, it was it was pathetic. It was pathetic. He had he got the tissue stuffed up his nose, and then he had that sort of you know when someone gets so wound up then because they got a little hit in the face that he's, he's running around shouting at everybody after it then because the ref is saying it's a villa ball, get off the pitch, mate. And then he wouldn't get off the pitch. He's like, Jesus, like there's an older boy on my radar. <laughs> yeah, the the Louise attempt at nutmeg is fucking pathetic. I mean. He looked like for most of the game today, he was like so some old lad walking through an estate and asked the Waynes for a touch, you know, can of beer in his hands. Hey, we touch. Hey. I, I used to play Derry and District Leagues, you know. You know St- Stephen Kenny offered me a trial. I told him to fuck off. I was I was making a fortune working in sales. I, was, I wasn't going to train three nights a week for a hundred quid. No, come back. Come back with a ball. Hey, give us the ball back there. Two seconds. Pathetic. He can't. He was standing on the ball so long, it couldn't have been more obvious. He was waiting for your man to come in just so he could try the wee Megs to Cash when the pass was just on to fucking Cash. And not only that, Cash was in down the line if he just played the ball. And then, like, whatever about Torres is, like, pace is definitely the wrong word. I know you used it there, Torres' ability to move, whatever about that. You said Dina flung himself at it. Dina needs to understand what is happening here. Like, he needs to look at the two players and realize that Neto was going to run by him and he needs to be there just to smash it clear at the opposite side. Like, hello, where the fuck do you think you're going? There was nothing Neto. Neto looks up. He can't believe his fucking luck that it's Pau Torres. And Dean can't can't fucking understand that this is potentially an issue and he stands there with his hands behind his back. He gets unlucky with the deflection he does get in the ball, but the cross should never come in. He should be just emptying the ball out of the stadium and emptying Neto in the process because everybody knows that Neto is going to go on the outside of Pau Torres there. Really fucking frustrating. And I know that Dougie's forearm hit He Chan in the face, all right? And... <laughs> I think we need to get to the stage, though, where if you claim you have a head injury, you have to go off for five minutes. Yeah. I mean, like that, that would probably result in people not going off when they are concussed, to be fair. And I don't want that happening either, Conan. Although I doubt we have that many players of that fucking fortitude left in the game at the risk of making myself sound 70 years older than I actually am. <laughs> but like, I, I, felt, I felt like I, speaking of being old, I felt like I lost too much of this stage of my life watching... He Chan lying on the ground. Like, I'm in the prime of my life, Connor. I can't be wasting it watching this fucking clown. And the, the, forearm, the forearm to his face didn't need three medical professionals around him. Yeah. Like, like it, it would have it would have stung. It would have made his eyes water at worst. And, and But he's fucking intent on bringing tears to everyone else in the stadium's eyes as they lament the loss of their fucking finite life watching him getting treated with sympathy. And I mean that was the actual diagnosis from the medical professionals because there was nothing wrong with him. A prescription of fucking sympathy and arms around the shoulder to be taken three times every 90 minutes. I mean, like, I, I know we were we were just as bad. Sure, Leon Bailey's ribcage must be made of fucking breadsticks. The amount of times to see him rubbing his chest and his own sympathy. Watkins and Diaby spent more time on the ground looking pleadingly back at Rob Jones than they spent on the ball in the first fucking half. And the really frustrating thing about this is Rob Jones looks like, both physically and in his decision-making, he looks like he's refing a tables, ladders, and chairs match. Like... Any anything goes, Ollie, and miss it. You need to fucking cop on to that a lot earlier than you do. Yeah, John McGinn had copped on. John McGinn knew the crack with this boy. He was like, "It's fine, lads. We're all we're like, we're all going to be all right here. Let's get smashed into them." He was well up for it, but I've got I've got a new rule actually because while while he Chan is down on the ground for five minutes, why why, why don't we just send Rob over to have a look at the VAR, have a look at the screen? Nah, come on, we're playing on. Get him off the fucking pitch. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
and actually, that, that's funny you mentioned that because that, that happened in the GA this summer. Remember, um, I think it was Derry, and the player was down, and the doctor thought he was being cute because the referee's like, "Come on, we need to get on with the game." And the doctor said, "It's a head injury. It's, you know, we have to back off. It's a head injury. You must respect a head injury because nobody <laughs> wants to. Nobody has the balls to take that on." But then the ref said, "Well, if it's a head injury, get him off the pitch." <laughs> <laughs> and they, and they qu- quickly got up and played on and everybody's life continued then because of that. <laughs> <laughs> the one good thing about this is that Villa responded I know they got an equaliser against Newcastle but this is the first um, this is the first time and actually they, they came back against Crystal Palace as well maybe I'll back off them on that sense but um, <laughs> they did come back straight away as Wolves are still celebrating as the fans are currently singing shit on the Villa Douglas Louise hits a what sort of free kick it was. It was in the general direction of Watkins, and maybe that's okay. And Watkins gets it back to Cash. He gets it back right to Watkins, who's gone around him. And it's a lovely left foot of ball into Torres's path. It's a nice finish, and it's a nice response immediately. Yeah, I mean, the Wolves fans are shouting shit on the villa, and Douglas Louise duly obliges by taking an absolutely shit free kick. I mean, <laughs> Cash does well to nudge it to, to Watkins, and he asks a really a really interesting question. Like He's just tossing it into the box. There's a good shape on it, and he knows Carlos and Torres are there. And luckily, Torres gets in at the back post. It's a, it's a decent goal. The best thing about this this goal was the camera flashes back to Unai Emery and he's planted the seat. <laughs> very, very much recalling his interview after the Arsenal game that we talked about <laughs> last week. And you know, this is this is not how he wants to get results. This is not how he wants us to perform. Like Unai Emery watches forty hours of football every day. <laughs> it's his fucking it's his fucking life. And when it's as bad as it is today, it probably makes him question his life choices. Or maybe that's just me projecting. He had his arms crossed. It was like he was huffing. Like, I'm not celebrating that shit. <laughs> I was texting you yesterday about United. United comeback win. Two Scott McTominay goals. Two big balls into the box. And it was just like, I was like, that, that's the way Ten Hag needs to go. Whatever else he's trying to do isn't working. Just... <laughs> Like he needs to lean into this because honestly, like I and I honestly believe that it's mostly just because he's shit and and the, 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 like whatever they're trying to do, I'm not sure what it is they're trying to do, is not even getting close to working or getting through anybody. Sometimes Fernandez might pick a nice pass through a crowd of bodies. Sometimes Rashford might get a few deflections through the bodies that he's run onto and he'll continue <laughs> running out the other side. But apart from that, it's not inconsistent. Like a complete opposite of you and I Emery. That's why he can't celebrate a goal like that. Absolutely. Did you see Anthony coming on as well? He came on and he rolled the ball back to Harry Maguire to swing it in about four times yesterday. It was fucking pathetic. And that's obviously not going to work unless big slab heads at the edge of the box to get on the end of it. Suddenly they need Maguire putting the ball in and receiving the ball. (laughs) Uh, Let's leave it there. We'll come back with WhatsApp winches. Uh, a couple of fines, Douglas Louise find in touch immediately to sort of set the tone for his day. Just, I don't know what sort of ball he was trying to find Luca Dean for, and he seemed to be giving out to Luca Dean, and he was nowhere near. He, he was in the middle. Diaby was on. That was the pass, and Louise tried a big diagonal ball to somebody who wasn't running down the flank. And, you know, worse than that was Zaniolo letting one roll through his legs or roll through him in some direction on the sideline. And that I think that's worse than passing it out of play. Just because he just doesn't understand is where he is on the football pitch. I mean, all he has to do is open his eyes and realise that he can't let the ball go through his legs. Crazy. <laughs> Pau Torres, do, do you know the way I give a fine for unnecessary corners conceded? Unnecessary head in the ball out for a throw in the 97th minute when, <laughs> when they've got 10 men. God, I know they're under a bit of pressure, but take it down. Like You've, you've got the extra man. You've got nobody forward. But kick it back if you have to. There's a defender just over that defender's head as well. I can't be having him just finding touch and retreating back into defence. Yeah, I mean, I know he got fucking skinned for the first goal and he was obviously panicking about that. He was left isolated with Neto a bit too often for, for my taste and definitely for his, I'd say. But that was that was really frustrating. That was before we created any of the four chances as well. So you can imagine how bug-blowing it was. <laughs> the McGinn shot. The McGinn shot. Only I like it. It was very close from John McGinn. Jesus Christ. It actually looked like it was, it was so strange the way it dipped down. I was like, did that go through the net? It was so close to going in on in between the joint. But the other person who tried a McGinn shot was Douglas Louise in 95th minute. And it was a pathetic shot. He tried this on Thursday night. And I thought it was just because it was the conference league and he was trying out some things, but he's bringing it here. 
He's bringing it here in the 95th minute and getting nowhere near it. The McGinn one, Jose Sa hasn't a fucking clue where that ball is. <laughs> like it's a couple of inches, a couple of centimeters off target, and he's running around the post looking for a ball to take a quick goal kick. It was absolutely incredible, terrible, terrible goalkeeping. Either that, it was the greatest piece of goalkeeping I've ever seen in my life. That he just knows these angles so well, can see the spin on a ball and understand how much it's going to dip or not dip. Absolutely incredible. Douglas Louise's shot, Christ Almighty. If you're playing that badly, you can't be at that fucking nonsense. What was he playing at? You hadn't kicked the ball properly all game and he lines up a 36-yard strike. Ridiculous. <laughs> On WhatsApp winges, we just round that up to 40 yards. Liam, you can, <laughs> you can take liberties in this section. The first WhatsApp winge. Does Gary O'Neill know the game is available outside his monitor? What hell's happening right in front of you, Gary O'Neill? Is, is the football manager equivalent to somebody going to a concert and recording it the whole time on his phone? <laughs> and by the way, while I'm on it, nobody is watching those fucking Instagram stories. I am not watching you at a concert. Like, I don't know why people put up four minutes length of, of stories on their Instagram of, of a concert. I just see the black and I see the lights and it's like, I'm not, not, not turning the sound on that. It's going to be really annoying. It's going to be this person singing down their phone. Yeah, it's going to be really bad audio of somebody else singing really badly over the top of a song that you probably don't like anyway. And to be fair, that was a lot like what Gary O'Neill was doing today. It was just a load of fucking shit commentators commentating over a match you don't want to be watching anyway. <laughs> the second WhatsApp, or sorry, no, we're not going to move on quickly because Gary O'Neill's tracks it. What? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm actually not doing this to wind you up because... Unai Emery's an interesting one. Like I saw people were tagging us in this as well. It was O'Neill's tracksuit versus Unai Emery's three-piece suit. Emery looked great, like he always does. He looked great in his bomber jacket walking around Birmingham during the week as well. He, he's, he's got his bronze bomber jacket and he, he wears that. following Unai Emery? <laughs> Somebody is, and I like it. But why? what do you think it is? Do you think there's any reason why Emery produces the suit? And, because... Like, I don't want to slide Gary O'Neill for wearing a tracksuit. I, I don't love that he, he doesn't venture away from the tracksuit. But what is it about Unai Emery that he changes it up? Like, why do you feel like he... he sorry, sorry, sorry. do you wear the same clothes every day? Well, Gary O'Neill Do you think this is an interesting question? Like, what is it about Unai Emery that he decides to change his clothes when he gets up in the morning? Why, why is Unai Emery not just wandering it under the pitch and he's fucking boxers and he wore a bed the night before? <laughs> he changes his dress code is what I mean. He's, he's changing. He's, he's wear, I think maybe he respects the the derby. I don't know. He wears a three-piece suit. He went to Chelsea, wore a three-piece suit. But some days he'll, he'll bring in the gilet. Some days he'll be wearing a coat. Some, like it's, it's, it's an interesting one. He keeps his guessing. It's not that interesting, is it? <laughs> the, the second WhatsApp wins. Just once, I would love to see Villa not get caught out with a right-to-left diag. <laughs> it doesn't matter who's right back. It doesn't matter who's playing there. Like it's 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 it doesn't matter if it's Chambers. It doesn't matter if it's Cash. If it's Kanza, doesn't matter if they're playing well or badly. That ball from right to left diagonal is going in behind the Villa defense. And yeah. on top of that, to add to this WhatsApp point, just once, I would love them to not concede a goal-scoring chance when they give the ball away. <laughs> yeah that first one or that the one that went over the top i was just watching that thinking how has this happened we've got five defenders on the pitch what the fuck is a ball getting played that easily over the top for and how is there so much space in behind obviously when there's no pressure on the ball from kamara or louise which there definitely wasn't i can't actually remember the pass i can remember it landing on each hand's foot but i can't remember the actual pass but i can fucking guarantee you there was no pressure on the passer <laughs> The third WhatsApp one, just somebody take the fucking corner. <laughs> Does Luca Dean know that we're running out of time? Uh, we got a tweet from AVFC Stato. I've, I've, I've shouted out that account before. It's brilliant. Follow it if you're not following it. I'm sure you are following it. But and what a prime slot he's gotten on this podcast, and people are still listening as well. They haven't. Uh... <laughs> The drop off rate, the drop off rate doesn't come into play just yet. Keep but... promoting the drop off rate. I'm sure that'll keep people listening. <laughs> uh, he said, "I'm looking forward to hearing the Villa podcast discussing Wiley on Bailey and Luca Dean are arguing who is taking the corner, and then Dean nudges it away because he's lost the argument when we are in need of a goal." I mean, was this was this a 
a piece of ingenuity from Luca Dean that, that Leon Bailey wasn't in on? Was he huffing? I don't want him huffing at that time. And Leon Bailey somehow he manages to call rank. Like, look at Dean should be the one who's deciding who's hitting that corner. I don't know how he's deferred to Leon Bailey there. And then, I mean, if you're going to call rank, you really want to do better than scutter in a shit corner into the near post. There's certain players, though, whenever they do call rank like that, you do expect them just to scutter a corner into the front near post. It was an absolutely <laughs> dreadful corner. And very interesting, you said, was it a piece of ingenuity from Luca Dean that Leon Bailey wasn't involved in? Do you think it's? Do you think he's shown, exhibiting some sort of level of genius here by deciding to roll the ball to somebody that doesn't know the ball's getting rolled to him during a football match? <laughs> I was thinking about the Ryan Giggs, Wayne Rooney, was it corner against, was it against Roma or somebody in the Champions League? I think it was against Chelsea. I think it was against Chelsea. They scored from it. Yeah, Ron- and then, Ronaldo got the header, I think. Yeah, and then, but I think they ended up scoring from the replay anyway. So I think Vidic might have scored from, this, from the corner. It was just swung in after that. So you're denying that Luca Dean could have produced that, except that he, maybe he did just forget to tell him that this is what we're doing. But yeah, so he's a fucking moron then. <laughs> Maybe this was another play in Austin McPhee's trick book that he like. We, we all just can't keep up to. It. We have to. We have to forgive Leon Bailey for not being able to keep his head around all of these different routines. <laughs> yeah, but we have to understand as well. Whenever Luca Dean looks up and Leon Bailey's walking away or not paying attention, that it's not the fucking time to play this set piece. <laughs> Okay, we've let a lot out there, I feel like, in the first 20-odd minutes. Let's take a quick breather, and we'll come back with the award categories after this. You mean it's like a fucking excited dog? Doggy Louise. There's no point in all fucking three running over the ball. It's like someone, <laughs> someone has to kick it. I honestly don't think Dougie knows what, what routine is being called. You mean he's like a fucking excited dog? Like just, just happy to be there? McGinn and Bundia run over the ball and fucking Doggy comes bounding in. What, what are we doing guys running over the ball? Is it all? Oh, that looks like fun. Oh, you guys are the best. Do- Doggy should have spent the next 20 minutes licking his neck, snapping at his ankles, humping his leg, yeah. like a good boy. <laughs> no, where are you going? You're the last one, you have to hit it. That's a bad doggy. <laughs> That's a bad doggy. Okay, let's mix this up and start with the You Let Glam Whelan Take a 90th Minute Penalty Award. Matt Cash in right wing, what do you think of that? Uh, not very good. I could see why he did it. I was worried he was going to do it all weekend. Even though, I, like I said, I had that chat myself and I wasn't worried about the game at all. Uh, I was <laughs> because of how he was talking after the last game where he was talking about he thinks Matt Cash can play higher. We all know that Matt Cash certainly thinks he can play higher as well. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it, it didn't work. I mean, we just weren't on it. It's, I wouldn't use this as a smoking gun for Matt Cash not being able to play right wing. We were dreadful. We didn't get on the ball anywhere near enough as we would like to in decent positions we definitely had plenty of the ball sorry Diego Carlos definitely had plenty of the ball standing aimlessly in the center circle but we didn't get the ball in the high enough spaces to be able to exploit Matt Cash's abilities in that area I've got a nomination for the Tim Sherwood we played two number 10s and bamboozled them award good to see the boys really not wanting to concede from a corner finally <laughs> is it that hard to get your hands on want to win the ball don't want them to get away from you it's a, it, honestly it's the first time and I know we were all a bit distracted with McGinn v Dawson but it's the first time I could see boys taking a bit of pride and not letting a player get away from them it was yeah. like yes this is what you have to do just just tune in when they've got a corner everybody tune in everybody take a bit of personal pride and not losing a personal battle and then go win the ball 
Yeah, I don't know. Was this anything to do with how we were defending, or were they just egged on by the fact that Rob Jones looks like he's a WWE ref? I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, <But> I... no! <laughs> but I do... I, I was watching and thinking, yeah, it is good that we're trying to defend, but if is this what McPhee was... <laughs> Is this what McPhee was working on? Like, I know I've been desperate for some sort of evidence that McPhee wasn't spending his entire training sessions getting the lads to run around doing ring-a-ring-a-rosie before swinging a corner in. But, like, <laughs> I, I I didn't think that our whole defensive set piece would just be John McGinn trying to wrestle with Craig Dawson, who didn't receive one corner kick in his general direction the whole fucking game. <laughs> Craig Dawson, by the way, come on, he had a decent game, but my God, that was a bit, it was a bit sad seeing him just falling over all the time. Like I, I know you're under a bit of pressure. Push him away and go, go in the header yourself. Yeah, he does need to push him away, and he does need to just run by him as well. And he did that, so he is so hectic in there. McGinn is just desperately looking at Dawson. It should be so easy to lose him in the crowd. So easy to lose him with people just by making John McGinn run into people because he's only looking at Dawson, but no, nah, he didn't have any interest in that. It's, it's like it's almost like he didn't understand the rules. He thought he could get a penalty by falling to the ground before the ball's in play. <laughs> I was going to mention uh, an Austin McPhee corner that I liked and a couple of them that, that, that we produced on the offensive side of things, but it's nominated for the first Rosenthal Award. We've got a lot of Rosenthal nominations to go through, so we might as well get started. It was the Pau Torres Miss he missed the ball. It was a lovely Diaby cross, and we just we did this for the first four corners. I'd say we just played it short out to Diaby, who crossed it in from a deeper position towards the goals. It was dangerous crosses, um, but like th- that was weird initially because I, I I started off not enjoying this routine because the whole thing began with Kanza and Diego Carlos roaring signal on different numbers to people. It was like Kanza had one finger up and Diego Carlos had three fingers up. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? And it just got past the Diaby and swung in anyway. And then ah, Torres just missed the ball. He had a good good chance for a header there. He missed the ball. He missed his fucking cue. Jump! What are you doing? <laughs> he stayed under the ball. And like, how many times have we... I've actually asked people, and I, I, I asked them to do it again. Ask your friends who don't support Aston Villa. How often do your players just miss the ball in the six-yard box? I mean, normally it's just Watkins or, or Bailey missing the ball with their left foot as it comes in towards them, swinging aimlessly at it. But Torres just swung his head at a ball and missed it. It was absolutely insane. Like, don't be don't be just going past this as if this isn't a big deal. Like, the ball was just above his head. He, he, he tried to hit a ball and missed it. Do you think I nominate anything for a Rosenthal Award that isn't a big deal? <laughs> <laughs> this is serious stuff. The second nomination. <laughs> Actually, I'm not as um upset with this one. Lovely John McGinn ball. He's, he's producing this every game, it seems. Pitching wage McGinn. Just, just a lovely little chip into the back post where Matt Cash is. Could have started off as right wing cameo uh, to, with a bang and he finally did well enough it's, it's a decent save this all started with a great doggy run from the fence so that uh, give him a bit of credit there um nice ball from again cash catches it it's going in the keeper's near post keeper saves it i don't know maybe he could have pulled it back across the keeper i don't know i think it all happened very fast he did all right yeah, like it's a good carry from Diaby, and it's a great ball from McGinn. And it's it's well controlled from Cash, but this is not how he gets his shooting stats up on FIFA, Connor. He needs to put them into the fucking net. <laughs> it was not long after that. I think the camera panned up to the stand as well, and Swiris and Elmo were sitting next to each other. And Elmo's whispering in his ears, and he's just nodding along. And he's like, I can just imagine Elmo saying, "See, you see, the thing about Cash is he, he only started playing football at twenty one, so he doesn't really he doesn't really have a set position or an understanding of how positions really should work." You know, I, I could have been marauding up and down the wing like that as well, but that was all coached away to me. They're just letting him do whatever he wants. It's actually really annoying. <laughs> Never give me that freedom. <laughs> The third nomination, another big, big chance, and Emery was not happy with this one. It was the John McGinn. He's on the 18-yard line. It's just high and wide. He's trying to whip it into the top corner. And he, Jesus, he catches it dreadfully. I'd rather... Oh, like I, I, that, that would just feel awful, the way I came off his foot. It's high and it's wide. It's terrible. He's so close. It's an 18-yard line with, with, with space. I think Diaby rolled at him, did he? And... Like, I've seen enough training videos of these boys, and they're all just whipping the ball into the net from that mm. position. Now, fair enough, they do it with no keeper in nets. But, <laughs> but they do it. They do it competently. 
Yeah, the, the really annoying thing here, like, and I know we slagged them off quite a bit at the top of the show, but the really annoying thing here is that Dougie and Diaby do really well. You know, they actually do all the working out for him again, and he can't even write down the fucking answer. And <laughs> I think the problem is that he knows what he's supposed to do there, but the ball is still too much under his feet, so he can't get his feet right to do it. But you're right, there's so much space. So like, it's exactly the right thing to do. And because it's exactly the right thing to do, and we all knew that, that means it's pretty fucking easy for a player of John McGinn's ability just to put his big toe on that and get it on fucking target. Yeah. And what the fuck moment from Watkins gave the ball back to Kamara, the edge of the box under a lot of pressure, led to a, a big Wolves chance for At Nuri before he went down injured for a long time as well. But he had space to turn. Don't think he really appreciated that. And then McGinn into Watkins. And this is a, I think this is a good effort from Watkins. He's hitting it with the ball's coming from the left. And Watkins hits it with like the outside of his boot, right boot, sort of top of his boot. It's a, it's a good save from Sa. I'll give Josie Sa this one. Yeah, the first one it's actually Kamara, isn't it? Watkins gives it to Kamara. Like Watkins wins it back after a Wolves. What the fuck moment? Yeah, we sort of sozy. Just ah no, Kamara. Kamara's trying a little lift over the tackle. Like, yeah, like, like I said earlier, go on. Watkins had space to turn out from that, and he, like the Wolves player has read that he's going back to to Kamara so by the time it comes to Kamara he's just like the Wolves players on him nah, but like Kamara doesn't need to do this though like, like I said a second ago when you're playing that bad don't try something good until you've at least done something decent and definitely don't try to pull out the techers at the age of your own box I haven't heard the word techers in about 20 years and I, I'm not <laughs> lady Conan I wouldn't have expected that I'd be the one I'd hear it from after all this time but like, that led to far too big a chance your defensive midfielder can't be dicking around like that when the team's playing that badly do just do simple things you're right Watkins could have ran with a ball but he didn't it's not that big a mistake for him to pass the ball to a centre midfielder Matt Cash had another chance. The ball broke him from a McGinn ball and just came the whole way across to the other side of the box. It is bouncing a bit too high, but you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just too close in from the corner of the box for, for Matt Cash's like. <laughs> if he had a... I don't know. He probably could have let it come down and all around and then catch it better, but he just didn't catch it at all. I think he needs to rush it, though. He's, he's worried about the tackle coming in. Yeah. Douglas Louise had a big header. It's a good look at the in corner and Louise... Louise... Heads it over, gets up, sprints back. Yeah, you know, fair enough. I want them sprinting back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I want from him, but I want some remorse anyway. Yeah, but like, what, what he was running back with his hands in his head, he ran in the right direction. That's all I'm fucking cared about. Samedo, <laughs> I think he might have been offside. He sent uh, Diego Carlos, who had a slide and try and block the shot, but he sent him away and then he just shot right into Emmy Martinez and then Neto. Jesus, actually, they, they, that, that should have been the winner for Wolves. I think it was the 79th minute. And it's some first-time ball from the from the big striker. And like this is when the ball went down the flank to Matt Cash. See, I always just go back. Who, who Which Villa player can I blame here? Matt Cash can't keep the ball under a bit of pressure. Wolves win the ball back and brick like they did all afternoon. And it's a lovely first-time ball from the left wing. Goes right into Neto's path and he just balloons it over. Yeah, it's, it's almost like he can forgive... Unai Emery for being so worried about Wolves on the counter-attack as he go through this. They were pretty fucking dangerous despite the fact that we played a flat-back six according to Gary O'Neill. Yeah. They still got through plenty of times, but they did make a mess of some of their chances. The Semedo finish, you're right, he was offside anyway, but Jesus Christ, he sends Diego Carlos for a chippy and then he just gets sick himself after eating it apparently. He didn't, didn't let the fish get cooked well enough and it's a terrible finish with his left foot. And that one being ballooned over the top, Christ almighty, can you imagine if that was a Villa player? The disappointing thing about the Matt the Hardy v Watkins thing was it was a nice move, it went up to Watkins, controlled it well, dropped it off to him again like we've seen him do, gets it to Bailey and he goes back on the overlap and Bailey gives it to him and he, he gets pushed over. Like that, that, was a, that was a decent move and then McGinn uses Earth and we played it into him. Like, and we probably should do this more. McGinn's in the box, play it into him, he's going to mm. hold somebody off and he rolls... He rolls away really well, sets up Dougie really well. Like me again, and this is probably a recurring theme in fairness to John McGinn on the Rossendale Award. He, he does contribute to a lot of big chances, mm-hmm. and it's all different ways as well. He's got a diverse repertoire in, in his in his arsenal, but he in set his up, arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> but he set up Douglas so easy and he got blocked down. I didn't really see a replay of that. I wanted to see a replay to see if Dougie could have done more. I didn't yeah. see any remorse from Dougie anyway. <laughs> 
there was a lot happening in the last four or five minutes of the game though and this started it off so there wasn't time for a replay really it was a really great decision to play it up to the big man with his backside the goal and yeah, it's, it's the perfect pass and last week you wouldn't have wanted anyone else coming on to that ball given his performance today and fair i'm surprised he didn't come on the ball because he was playing like such a wanker all afternoon today it was <laughs> a dreadful finish zani volu have to work on that one, Connor. Sani Volu. Uh, this was this was heartbreaking. Watkins flicks it on. Was this a corner as well? He catches it with his right foot on the volley, obviously. I thought it was going in. Bounced across the goal. Ah, it was so close. Ah, he's not going to score for Villa. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then look at Dean. Did really well because... <laughs> Uh, might have been McGinn but set sets down to Luca Dean and he's in the box and like this pissed me off because I always talk about Luca Dean just stopping constantly on the ball no matter where he is even if he's in the box mm. and he stops it and I my like reaction was like oh, I just lashed that across you know like Matt Cashwood and then when you look at the replay there was actually nobody free if he lashed it across but he takes a touch he looks up he waits for Kanza to get free plays it to Kanza Kanza catches it well it's it's yeah it's probably unlucky McGinn works it really well again gets his backside into the defender Douglas Louise has obviously learnt his lesson from a couple of seconds ago and gives out to Dean you're right Jesus Christ he does so well to not just smash that across that would have been the obvious that would have been the most common choice And alright mate alright and he just takes a touch takes his time picks out his man like can you expect your big centre half running across the ball like that on his non-dominant side to finish any better than smashing it quite well probably not there's a lot of bodies there it gets it through on the keeper and like i say whenever you're playing wolves just get it through against san you give yourself a chance unfortunately it hits off in the stomach this time. <laughs> and then the last touch of the game and this is why it was so heartbreaking it was just we were literally an inch away from winning it with the last touch of the game it's a douglas ruiz cross in fairness to him on his left foot lovely cross yeah immediately after a shit corner <laughs> Watkins gets up heads it down Hit it a two well of anything. Ah, oh, just hit the post and then it's game over before anybody can retrieve it, which is just uh like I know we're going through it there, and I I definitely would have taken the draw with about 30 minutes to go. Never mind when Neto missed with 12 minutes to go of normal time. Um, but like Jesus, when you're that close that late on, that would have just been delightful. We would have been sitting in the top four right now with a two-week break ahead of us. Yeah, it would have been incredible. It wouldn't have been deserved, though. The header is so good. He comes out of fucking nowhere, and he comes in like a fucking bullet train as well. And it is a good cross from Douglas Louise, and it's so close. It's one of those ones, you don't even realise what's happened until it's back out to the fucking sideline. It's, it was an incredible header. So unlucky. We you pick a winner here. I'm just going to fire them all back at you again. Pau Torres missing the ball or just not jumping for the ball. Matt Cash's volley that got saved. John McGinn, 18-yard box. Uh, I'm just trying to pick out the best ones here. I think Douglas Louise, 98th minute. They've just had a man sent off. He's got the yeah. ball set from 15 yards out. There's a lot of bodies there. But I think Douglas Louise last week takes his time there and just roofs it. Yeah, Leon Bailey would have taken a pass somebody. <laughs> Let's do the Peter Enkelman What the Fuck Award. Douglas Louise pirouette at the age of the Wolves box. Just sort of started started it all for him, really. Just it just looked a bit casual even as he was trying like he took the ball, took a heavy touch, got it back, pirouetted into two players, lost it, and then Kamara has to take a yellow card to save him. <laughs> and then Douglas Louise soon after passes it to neither Kanza or Cash. Oh. That one you was that that one in between to and they're both looking at each other. It's the worst it's the worst thing that we do on a pitch. Yeah, it was at this stage I really, and by we you mean Aston Villa, not yeah. you and I. It was at, <laughs> it was at this stage I, I I really really something wasn't right with Doggy. It was such a simple pass, and, I, and it was dreadful as well. And of all the players to roll with, I mean, he try he looks at Kanza and Cash as if he's going to blame them. If the ball is is able to be won by Kanza and Cash, if you haven't just completely dissected the pair of them. They'll fucking win the ball. Of all the players on the pitch, you could be pretending that you played a decent pass to. Kanza and Cash aren't your fucking guys, Dougie. <laughs> Pau Torres tried a ball inside. This is the old classic, the, the, the bad Aston Villa, what the fuck, since we've started this section on the podcast. It's, it's a ball into the middle of the pitch as our centre half is striding down the wing. 
<laughs> and we and it's, it's a ball into nobody. It's a ball into an opposition player in the middle of the pitch. And Luca Dean saved him actually. But like how many times did Torres lose the ball in the first half? Like I thought yeah. it was fucking Bertie T we were playing with at centre half a lot of the time. It's so many times playing blind passes or just hoofing the ball away. It was so unlike Pau Torres, particularly in that first half. And that whenever things like that happen, whenever your big reliable ball playing centre half is off, that really fucking impacts the team. That really rattles through the team. And then whenever the second worst ball player on the pitch is your best fucking player, Douglas Louise, you know. <laughs> No, I think this is it. That that was the the big problem. Those two off it, and then Kamara having to spend his time firefighting because we were all on the back foot. And yeah, anyway, the, the the worst one I'd say, and it didn't really lead to anything. But Matt Cash literally threw a leg at a ball under no pressure. This this is <sighs> it's it's not even the clearest example throwing a leg. This was throwing a leg at a ball. The ball was just hopping up for him. There was nobody around him. He could have waited for it to come down. He could have just brought it down. He just, he just jumped in there with his leg, lobbed it up into our midfield, and we didn't win it. Yeah, our midfield, Jesus Christ. That's being, I'd be surprised if it made it to the middle <laughs> third. It was bizarre. Um, it's very, very strange. Strange for Matt Cash. Uh, is this the one in our box that he tried to clear, and he oh, just jumped the, into it yeah, and that sliced was like, it with his left foot? Added to the list. This is just on the right wing. Not nothing happened from this, but the ball's just there for him, and he just—I <laughs> just couldn't believe. I was sort of thinking, all right, he needs to come off. It was before Bailey came on. It's it, it, you know, obviously just run his course as a right winger, and uh, just the, the concentration. I don't know what it was that why he did this. It was so strange, bizarre. Look at Dean trying to ball into Douglas Louise as well. Like that, that's again just wide into our midfield, losing the ball, and like at least that's that's our left back doing it. It's still a defender doing it, so I don't like it. I thought you were gonna say at least we're used to that one. <laughs> and then, and then look at Dean. This is the last one. He threatened to take the ball off Watkins in the Wolves box. Watkins held the ball up, took a touch, and you're thinking, right, is he going to get this on his right foot now? I know we talked about this last week. Sometimes it looks slow, Watkins moving that onto his right foot, but he always gets it on and he usually finds space to get the shot away. And then look at Dean appeared and jumped over the ball and then Watkins left it and Wolves just came striding out. Probably Craig Dawson, Franco Brazy himself came striding out. <laughs> yeah, that was, I was actually thinking of us praising Watkins for this last week. And he did it a second time as well where look at Dean went on the overlap, Watkins rejected it. Tried to come inside, then tried to go back in the outside himself, and then just won a throw in. Like, <laughs> ended up running towards the corner and got a throw in. Absolutely ridiculous stuff. I'm really surprised this is the end of your what the fuck nominations, though. Well, well, the winner I have is Douglas Louise giving the ball away to He Chan, obviously, for their goal. What, what's the one I'm missing, though? Douglas Louise potentially getting himself a red card. Absolutely moronic oh. stuff. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like I've played really badly before. I've played below me level, done stupid things that I would normal, normally never do. Like, you know, been out-fought and out-fought by the opposition. But I've never asked the referee, does he want to send me off? Like, I've, mm-hmm. I've never been stupid enough to say to the ref, you must have a lot of pent-up frustration because you haven't been able to get a pump in. You know, haven't been able to make any gains in the last 70 minutes. So so do you want to send me off, take back control? Like, you know, although he probably did bang out a few reps, a few bicep curves or some shit at halftime. But, like, you know, <laughs> Rob Jones is obviously really fucking angry. He's just desperate to get back into the gym. And Douglas Louise is putting his hands towards somebody's neck. I know it was a fucking dive. And he's obviously... You know, he's obviously looking to go down to the ground fairly often as our wee chan but Jesus, Douglas Louise, don't give him an opportunity to do that. That could be the worst one, actually. And and <laughs> I was I was thinking Dougie had to come off as well, and I would have crucified Emery if Douglas Louise had to get sent off because it was just like, this boy isn't on it. This boy's already on a yellow. This boy is just towing the line. He's giving the ball away even when he's on it, and then he does that. Like that, that that was really bad, and it would have been compounded by the feeling that I had of like it should have been off, but um, yeah, we, yeah. We, I mean, we could also nominate Lamina for his actual red card. I mean, there are smarter ways to commit a professional foul than trying to get into Zaniolo's cacks. What the oh, fuck was he playing at? On a yellow card, someone. 
And like, sorry, they're smarter decisions than committing a foul as well on the halfway line against a team that are clearly happy with a draw. Zani O's running down the wing. Nobody's running with him. Watkins is probably up there somewhere. But gee, you don't need to panic here. Think about how Aston Villa are playing. This is a fine situation. And if you are going to do that, maybe run across the back of his legs or something. Not that I'm saying people should be committing professional fouls. <laughs> but what can you do? What can you do when big beefy Zaniolo gets motoring? This is this is what he makes defenders do. To get... <laughs> just too strong he's too oh he just gets in your way he gets his body in front of you i like him <laughs> i like him and he is going to score a volley <laughs> what did you do when the other flashpoint really was the <laughs> the netto penalty shot from a kamara push they looked at this they looked at this on var as well look at dean just backs off so much on that there comes a time where you do you have to well, I say this, and I saw Pau Torres trying it then, and then Neto just skipping around him. <laughs> but I feel like the ball was there, not in a messy way, not in a, like, go on, take it. I feel like he was just not under that much control of the ball, but look at Dean was being so generous with the space he was affording him. Like, I, I know Matt Cash backs off a lot as well, but he's, at least he's doing it under a bit of control. Like, he's got the defender right beside him, and, but there was just space for Neto to charge in at him. Yeah, and, he, and he, so I have sympathy for defending against people who are really, really fast. You, you can't go tight on them because they'll spin you. You can't let them get a run at you because they'll just get a run at you and run past you. Yeah. But the one thing you definitely don't do, particularly if you're panicky, you don't let them run into the fucking box. <laughs> that, that, there was so much space. All, all Dean had to do there was go out to him. He waits for him to come into the box before deciding to come in with the tackle. But Connor, Kamara's push. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> the co-commentator says as well, if it's given, VAR don't overturn it. If VAR aren't overturning that, then uh, seriously, I know there's been a lot of talk about it then get rid of it I mean my god like they wouldn't overturn Neto turning himself over it was a bigger fucking flop than Harry Maguire like he he took a bad touch saw Kamara coming in and dropped quicker than fucking Harry Maguire's price tag it was absolutely (laughs) ridiculous it was nowhere near a penalty no, I do agree, and I, I do, I, but I also think the co-commentator is right, is that, yeah, they they wouldn't have overturned it, but not for the reason he thinks, just because VAR. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the Vyman meter. John McGinn's going up, you know, after all that, after all the, going through the Rossenthal Awards, seeing how, how imposing he was in the game, and he was certainly physically imposing, I do feel like he was just, he was just up for this match, and like, yeah, maybe I'm a simple man, but I... I don't know. I liked it. I think maybe he set the tone for like Wolves looked really soft in that match. I feel it was nice. It was nice that Villa weren't the flaky ones for once. <laughs> I feel like that was that 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 was sort of set set by John McGinn and like his big tackle on Semedo and the double high five for Luca Dean. Don't worry, I've got you, mate. And you know, and I don't know how he got the throw from that one. By the way, it was a great tackle from John McGinn <laughs> and Villa got the throw, and that seemed to upset Wolves fans so much that they felt aggrieved for the rest of the game because they got a throw that wasn't like we got a throw that wasn't our throw there was an all one was it Semedo again or somebody else maybe at Nuri I think it was at Nuri and uh, <laughs> he, he sort of fell down he tried to tackle him again or tried to tackle somebody and he was off the pitch and McGinn just sort of runs by him with his hip and hits him hits him in the neck sort of thing with his hip and then he gets up so wound up by this and just charges in and, and jumps on top of McGinn who gladly falls over then and you know I feel, I feel like McGinn was being very ratty but he was he was actually in control I feel like he, he knew exactly what he was doing and yeah that, that was that was nice to see yeah I think he drifted out of the game a little bit the start of the second half came back into it at the end of stoppage time or towards the end probably just after the, the red card actually whenever you got a bit more freedom was pushed further off the pitch and he was absolutely brilliant in the last 10 minutes the only thing he did really wrong was straight after straight after Dawson got booked now I know there was no other flashpoints in the box McGinn went and got himself booked then as yeah. well I was just really hoping it's like wait for it like do not get booked wait for Wolves to get another corner and then get both of <laughs> booked that's what you have to do you have to pull Dawson to the ground yeah. and make sure he reacts some way and get him booked but the way McGinn got himself booked as well, look, I'm not promoting going on and doing somebody. I feel like I'm saying I'm not promoting a lot, which probably just reflects me. <laughs> the Darby's gotten you. <laughs> I'm not promoting doing somebody, Connor, but you might as well get hung for a sheep as a lamb because as soon as McGinn goes in and clips Samedo's ankles like he did on the byline, he's getting booked, especially because Dawson has just already been booked. So you might as well smash into him. <laughs> going up, Diego Carlos. 
I thought it was a good game. So many visions of him just diving backwards and heading the ball clear. He was he was dominant aerially, obviously. Um, I thought he was good, good meaty presence, <laughs> and a lovely ball. Another, another example of, of, of actually he can he can spray a nice pass, but he he played a lovely ball over the top to Walker instead of just get caught out, but or cut out. But initially it was like, what? Where are you going with that? And Walkins was well onside, and Walkins was away, and he he picked him out. This boy's got a a pass in his locker and yeah I just feel like he read a lot of balls really well and I, I'm not comparing it to this and it because this is one of the greatest performances of all time and it's by one of the one of the greatest players of all time in a massive stage this is nothing like any of those things but remember Paul McGrath against Italy <laughs> I was really, really worried. That's what you were going to say. <laughs> For Ireland against Italy, USA 94. And there was a stage, well, well, McGrath in that case, it was like the ball was just attracted to his head because McGrath was just winning. He was diving over the top of people horizontally. Anything that came in near the Ireland box, McGrath was redding it out on the ground in the air. Diego Carlos wasn't doing that, but there was a stage where it was like, Jesus Christ, he really is. Anything that comes near him, he is getting rid of, and it was nice. It was very, very solid defensively. Yeah, it was. It was just like that time we realised that Paul McGrath was better in the air than Roberto Baggio. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was almost as nice as that. The only problem I have with Diego Carlos, and it's not his problem, is how slow we were moving the ball, and he he was just a focal point at that for so much in the first yeah. half, standing on the ball, looking around aimlessly because the midfield wasn't boxing itself off, wasn't giving him the options that he needed. That, that that means that I that I can possibly look back on his performance and be happy. Well, can I give you an interesting one that I want to go up? Is Luca Dean? Just like Luca Dean has got a bit of grit, Tim. This season mm. he's really up for it, and it's it's really good because we have no other left back. Like there is a worry that Luca Dean has one yellow card away from getting suspended. He's basically thirty minutes away in the next game from getting suspended. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like McGinn is probably going to have to play left back, <laughs> and that's what's going to happen. We don't seem to be trying anybody else out there anyway. And yeah, but but look at Dean. Even when he's not you know, playing his best games, even when he's not like whipping his crosses into great effect, he, I don't know. He's he's putting out fires. He's 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 up for it defensively. And we used to laugh at the fact that he was the, you know, the defensive choice between him and Moreno. But actually, if he was playing like this last season, I would definitely mm-hmm. see that. Yeah, probably need to recall Seb from loan, but he was, he was. I I actually saw him sprint into the corner a couple of times as well, putting on a bit a bit of a press as Wolves were dicking around back in their own corner flag, and I'm thinking, Jesus, he's the last person I'd expect to be doing this because he has to run back the whole length of the pitch thing as yeah. well. And I know he's not going to enjoy that, particularly if he lets Neto get on the ball. But his pressure, his tackling, his rattiness as well. Obviously, learning from his captain today. Nah, he was really, really good. I don't think there's anything interesting about putting him up. I thought he played really well. Uh, going up, Ollie Watkins. Oh. Mostly just because he signed a new contract. don't think he did much today to go up. But uh, not just the new contract, which is great. It's the quotes that went along with the contract. He said, I'm going to break Gabby's record. <laughs> that brilliant. brilliant. I'm going to break Gabby's record. And then... He wants to win a trophy in his career as well, and he can do that here. Come on! <laughs> That's what he should have been saying to his midfield today. Come on! Get the fucking ball! <laughs> and this is why I have reservations of putting Diaby down. I don't like, like, Diaby shouldn't be coming off after an hour. Maybe maybe he's got a bit of an injury. I don't know. But it, 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 I felt sorry on him because we just lost such control of that game after 15, 20 minutes. We didn't have the ball. We weren't moving it forward. We weren't. There was nobody free. We might as well. Like we, we didn't need two up top because the, mm-hmm. the, the, well, the Abbey wasn't contributing anyway. But we didn't have the ball. We probably could have done with an extra man in midfield. Um, but but he's very close to going down. But I think I'm going to fight for him in this case. And 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 this is me saying this with the Abbey and my fucking fantasy team. <laughs> Like he was one of the reasons why we weren't getting on the ball as well. He wasn't getting himself free. Whenever he did get himself free, he wasn't doing anything particularly interesting with the ball. Like I know Wolves play like fucking dogs and they really strangle the space between their box and about an hour ten yards out. But I just I, you want to see more from him there. You can't just say he wasn't getting on. He's got license to go out and get on the ball and get turned as well. He's not playing in Ollie Watkins' position. Hmm. Dougie going down. Anybody else going down or up that I'm that I'm missing? 
I don't think so. No, not really. I mean, the, the, the problem today was the functioning of the team, really, as opposed to individuals, other than Douglas Louise, who's definitely going down. But Conan, I don't want Douglas Louise to be bombed out of Aston Villa. <laughs> I think I think Douglas Louise is a good player. Sometimes I do. This is why a podcast medium is so much better, you know, because well, you've got context, you can thrash things out, you can talk for a bit longer. Sometimes people can tell the tone of your voice as well, and, and then there's also, you know, like you can go back through the tapes to hear me say I like Douglas Louise. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes if you put out a tweet, just be like, dog is the way you should come off. You know, people will pick that up who don't listen to the podcast and they, they won't like it. They definitely don't uh, listen to this far into the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> Questions we can't answer, but probably will. Only one. But if we could get audio of Michael Oliver today during Arsenal v Man City, looking at that Kovacic double challenge, which we should be able to get the audio for because they've promised us that they're going to start releasing the audio from now on. I yeah. can't wait to hear the walk-ins one. <laughs> what do you think we would have heard uh, both legs have come off the ground he's gone in done him on the Achilles slash lower leg with his studs with his studs yellow card <laughs> <laughs> nice one boys nice one it was the second one was the worst I mean like th- there's your example like, as much as I think Rob Jones was delighted to give McGinn the yellow card because he wanted to give those two boys the yellow card but not for not for the little handbags in the box. He wanted to give them both a bit of manners. McGinn gave him the opportunity to do it. Kovacic gave him the, the get out of jail card. Yeah. You know, don't worry. Nobody's now going to look at this far decision. Nobody's going to look at why you didn't send them off. One minute later, the most yellow card challenge. Potentially an all red card challenge. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the first one is a straight red, without a doubt. The second one is, is an orange card. I mean, if he gets sent off there, like he... You'd be questioning it, but it definitely, definitely doesn't get overturned by VAR. Not by his fucking VAR today, anyway, obviously. It wouldn't have gotten overturned because, again, he's gone in, his foot's off the ground whenever it makes contact with his ankle. You know, it's, it, there's not, he's not sliding in, he's jumping in. He's jumping in like a moron as well. Like he, I'm not, like, he, uh, he thinks there's a chance to, to nick the ball away there, but he's not giving himself the chance to nick the ball away. He yeah. needs to jump in front of Declan Rice there. And it is on, the press is on. Declan Rice is going backwards. Kovacic is more mobile than him. He needs to fucking figure that out and get the ball back. The best thing about this, though, was seeing Arteta bouncing around on the touchline. And, like, who could have thought that those dash lines were never going to be enough to keep Manners and Guardiola and Arteta? You need some fucking underwear and a triple class to hold that pair of tits. But <laughs> just seeing him so annoyed made the Aston Villa draw almost bearable. <laughs> it, was, it was nice. To, I was really happy that game was on after, just so we could just sit down and, and watch it. But I actually think the most interesting thing about that game was how low a quality it was. It was very bad. It reminded me of the old... The old uh, top four, you know, when Chelsea would play United back in the day, you, you look forward to these matches and then they were always shit. They were always nil-nil and sometimes one-nil. And it was just defensive stalemate. Like, th- this is dressed up now, is it not being defensive? But it is. It is because Arsenal have the ball and they won't move the ball until City press because they don't want to potentially lose the ball out of shape. And City don't want to be out of shape to press. So we're just watching two teams in shape, uh, no matter if they're on the ball or off the ball. They're just sat in shape, so paranoid about the other. Yeah, but like that's that's the way we play as well in possession. But we force the ball through the midfield as well. Ordinarily, like we got the two lads dropping into space to take it, and we've got the two lads in front of them taking it off them as well. It was baffling, and it definitely is defending. You don't even have to talk about them on the ball, but how cautious they were. They, they didn't go forward. Sorry, they are still on the ball in this part. They didn't even go forward. Like yeah. they, they left five or six people back at all times. So they, there was never a transition available to the to the other team. It was dire shit. <laughs> on the finally on the COVID thing, <laughs> Neville and Carragher really need to stop saying that the game would be ruined if it wasn't a red the 11 Fuck me. Is, is it a red card or not? Like this, this goes across the board. Like Carragher, whilst complaining about uh, one of the decisions against Liverpool, said that as well. You know, I sort of didn't want it to be a red card because I thought it would ruin the game. Jesus Christ. Like it's like the, the player getting sent off has ruined the game and it wouldn't ruin the game anyway. It opened the game up with anything. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't much of that game to fucking ruin today anyway. Yeah. 
And anyway, we'll leave that there. We've got a two-week break. Now we can recharge. Maybe I cursed this one because I was asking for a draw on Thursday night for this match. But like I said to you, it's nice to know that we can just draw a match as well. It's nice to know that we can just just, just go away from home, get a point and move on. We're not going to win every match. Can you be happy with that? Yeah, I don't know what sort of recharging you think we're going to do, though, going to sit in the fucking Aviva on Friday the 13th, watching Stephen Kenny in his third last game as Ireland manager, and then go and watch us fucking struggle against an airport three days later. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to do a podcast about it, who knows? But uh, we'll be back soon if you're not following us, if you are listening to this stage. Uh, just give us a follow, give us a subscribe on wherever you do listen, because obviously you'll, you'll get notified then when we do release a new podcast. Now, I assume it'll be after the, the next game, like it always is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks a million for listening. It's great having you, and it's a good start to the season. Let's be, let's, let's be happy overall here. Eight games, 16 points, top five. See you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.